And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. On today's episode of The Glue Guys, we're going to talk about... Wins. Wins. Dubs. Mikhail Bridges. Uh, dancing on the graves of Kyrie and KD. Ooh, a little bit. Okay. Just a little a little jig. Just, just the last from, vestiges. From your boy. Gotta do it. Gotta be done. Um, a St. Patrick's Day jig. And... Hey, we're we're previewing some playoff matchups. We're we're looking ahead a little bit because is that crazy? Is that crazy? I'm, I'm a little buzzed about this team. I'm a little not. Anyways, yeah, don't right. get too buzzed. Let's get into the show. To the glue guys, this is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BK Glue Guys, netsdaily.com, the athletic. Get yourself on the paywall at theathletic.com slash glue guys. This is the time of the year to get behind that paywall because there are mock NFL drafts, there will be NCAA tournament coverage, which is happening right now. If you want to be smart about what picks to make in your pool, get behind that paywall at the athletic dot com slash glue guys again a subsidiary of the new york times company whose stock price is <laughs> and my tyco is i mean stock price i just figured it would just it is up well point zero one percent get in there now um, we got that there. bump they get that glue yeah. guys bump brian my goal actually now it's back down um shoot if i did that for the whole show was that good podcasting yeah brian's camera is off a little fuzzy People people have been wanting us to talk about the Nets because the Nets are are buoyant. Okay. <laughs> One of your favorite terms. No, but they the, you know things have been happening since since the disgusting Knicks loss, which I think we avoided. Um, and maybe we talked about that Boston the dub against Boston. I don't remember the last time we potted, but the Nets are five and one over the last six games. Sure, I'm cherry picking, mm -hmm. but uh, our nation was founded on. A cherry picker in George Washington. Wow, wasn't that? Didn't he chop down a cherry tree? I believe he did. Yeah, there's yeah, there's some chopping. So, um, which is also, it's not that never happened. But uh, hashtag the Nets are hot. Yes. Brian, did you watch the game? The big Denver game, the comeback that wasn't from Denver. Dude, this this team because they don't have a closer like KD or Kyrie. And Spencer it, trying it, to close those games is. I love you know I love Spencer, but that is a role that he should outsource. I do believe. I mean, it. it, it Spencer's been. We could talk. I think we should talk about Spencer oh. in this role as being like lead ball handler, bro. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's sixteen assists. No, I mean, awesome game. game. It's just the closing time. Closing time. Yeah, it's tricky. Yeah. And, and that is what's you know. So there's positives and negatives about this new version of the Nets, mm -hmm. the post KD Kyrie version of the Nets, which I want to interrogate here on this very show. Okay, with you. Yeah. 
let's start with the positive before we get in on maybe a little negative. Not that we're going to talk about negative, but it's an analysis, Brian. Were you both, you and I are basketball analysts. We're not fans. That's what it says on my website. We're analysts. We go deep. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, Mikhail Bridges has been better than I think anyone could have expected. I remember when the trade happened. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I'm a romantic. The second I meet, the second Bridges came into my life, I was like, I'm going to wrap my arms around him and declare that he's better than Scotty Barnes or Jalen Brown or anything like that. Mm-hmm. He has proven my love to be worthy. Yeah. Because uh, he has become, is he a bona fide number one? No, but he's a, he's, he has elevated into at least being a respectable number one. Here's where he's been elevated to at least give him the space to find out if he can be a number one. Cause it's, it still feels like the ceiling is, it just keeps kind of growing as, as the games go on. I mean, I don't know. I think, I think also, and I know this is going to be an unpopular thing to do, but maybe a little credit to Sean Marks for seeing through the noise. <laughs> it's too soon, buddy. Too soon. Can't, we can't care to Sean no. Marks or Jacques Vaughn with anything. A apparently. little, you know, a little credit might be due to see through the noise. You know, a lot of, a lot of good players over in Phoenix, he may have seen something there, Mike. That was that meant <laughs> Mikhail Bridges was a, an optimal target. I'm not. I'm not trying to give him all. You're the credit. like a Republican who is like, whatever you want to say about Trump, he packed the courts. <laughs> he packed the courts. But, you know, whatever you want to say. I mean, that is if that is if you're that way. I mean, that is a uh, that's the one that's the one good take. I mean, it's logically consistent. You know, he packed the courts, and in this case, he, he finds Marks is Donald he Trump. He finds do- uh, diamonds in the rough. I was going to say Donald's in the rough. He finds diamonds in the rough. <laughs> And, uh, and I don't know. I mean, I, I think I'm open to the idea that like, if we just give him a little bit more space, like I, I'm not going to start doubting Mikhail Bridges now. There's no, there's no room for doubt for me. I mean, whether he's a first one, a, you know, kind of superstar, like, I don't know. I, it remains to be seen is, is kind of a crazy thing to say. The place I'm at with him is that he's already a malleable scoring wing. Yes. Meaning that. So even if like, let's say the Nets go star hunting again, Mm-hmm. And they say everyone on the roster's off limits except for Bridges. Yeah. So I think ultimately Bridges is going to settle in as a pretty good number two because he's still he's not he's not a really like a a a guy you can get you like seven eight assists a game from the wing position. Fair. He is he, but he has proven some certain very important things. Um, he's not truly a ball handler, and that's why we have to rely on Spencer Dinwiddie at the end of games to make something happen. But there's something important to point out with him. Okay. Okay. So there's this archetype of the role player, super talented role player getting traded and then exploding. Yeah. James Harden from thunder to the rockets, Shea Gilgis Alexander from the Clippers to the thunder though. That was like, that's been a pretty long period of time with which that has happened. Yeah. The difference between those two guys and bridges is that those two guys one where I think were younger when they got to their new team. And also even on their old teams, they were ball handlers. They were somewhat explosive guards. I mean, even Shea at that young age when he was with the Clippers, he was like running the show ostensibly with the Clippers at that time. Mm-hmm. Bridges was a fourth option yeah. in Phoenix. Let's call, it, let's call it what it is. Fourth option. It was CP3 having the ball as he should. It was Devin Booker ISOs. It was Aiton down low, mm-hmm. getting his touches, and then it was Bridges in the corner shooting threes. Yeah, and 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 Bridges in that offense was like there was not 
There was no ball handling to be had. There was no times when he really had to put up a bad shot, right? I mean, I, mean, I know there there were times, but if if he's on the floor with Booker, Booker's taking those bad shots, yeah, right? And he deserves to. And so what's unique, what's happening with Bridges is that he is ascending in a rapid period of time. I think he's only played 13 games mm-hmm. with the Nets um, and expanding into this role that is is an unusual leap from being a 3 and D guy to being a number one option where the the archetypes in the past have always been pretty much ball handling guards like Harden. Yeah. It's easier for those guys to increase and ascend because they already know how to handle the ball and get to the bucket. Where Bridges is doing, I mean, he's doing some mid-range stuff, which he mm-hmm. probably never got to really do in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, he is being more aggressive. In fact, this game against the Nuggets was not really one of his best right. games from the floor, but he still got nine free throw attempts, and a guy is that good as a free throw shooter. It is it is something to be buoyed by, yeah. Brian. Get buoyed. There should be buoys out there. Yeah. We should be saying the buoys. Um, I wanted to mention, we don't have to do it now, but I did want to mention that your guy... Nerlens Noel um, is a part of the team now, Mike. We haven't we haven't talked, but we didn't put it in a while. We got to like knock some dust off of these takes. But um, he started. He played some minutes. Um, do you like it? I mean, I just feel like that's one of your guys. Well, just like any kind of like waiver wire. My, yeah, a waiver wire center is really that's cream of the crop for for Mike Smells. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, if I could just have a pot about waiver wire centers <laughs> yeah. and centers in the G League who get three blocks a game, and I'm going to be like. That's the next Dikembe Mutombo. That yeah. would be that'd be my dream pod. I know the listenership would be it's a good pod. Like maybe Matt Brooks and myself, <laughs> but that's where I would want to live. The funny thing about I mean, I tweeted this out at the time. And it, can I ask to pivot off New Orleans Noel for a second? And again, yeah. we, I want to talk more about Dorian Finney Smith, Spencer Dominic. Uh I tweeted out something last night that people hated. Oh, you did? People absolutely hated what I said. <laughs> what did you say? Okay, so I didn't see the Nets this. have this great win against the Nuggets. Oh gosh. What you know? Say? And I did say other stuff before I tweeted this out, but I said, I hate to do this. I should just enjoy the moment. But this team is the perfect Ben Simmons team. If hmm. Ben Simmons was who he used to be. Hmm. I mean, the, the if, fact if that... I, and you added that as part of the tweet, if Ben Simmons is I who he used to be. I said if this was old Ben Simmons, yeah. yeah. People didn't even want to hear about it because people don't want to hear about Ben Simmons anymore. True. And you bring up Nerlens Noel, it's like the second they signed him, I had tweeted out essentially... Uh, <laughs> Like wh- where's where's Ben Simmons gonna play if Nerlens Noel is like getting minutes? <laughs> the backup you know, center. That, yeah. Because I think Nerlens Noel had probably had some market, even though he's you know he's not like amazing, but there's probably some level of like contenders really wanted him, and the Nets probably promised some level of opportunity. Yeah, is Ben Simmons coming back? Is is this like everything that they're saying? He oh we're, he we're not shutting him down. We're getting closer and closer to. Uh, we're shutting him down. Time. Uh, it, it appears to be a um, a quiet shutdown. It, it does not not a <laughs> you know you've heard of quiet quitting. This is the quiet shutdown. Um, yeah, I I get the sense. <laughs> I get the <laughs> that s- is Benson. Yeah. That is like the slow. He's ghosting the Nets at this I time. I think I think it's not just. I think it's all parties involved. If I could if I could assume something, and maybe this yes. is this is um, out of pocket, but. Um, I think Jacques Vaughn does not like Ben Simmons. I think it's I think Jacques Vaughn, especially at this in this kind of moment right now, um, a lot of what we're living and dying on is is effort. And Ben Simmons does not pass the sniff test effort wise on a nightly basis. And I think that's the thing that really um 
gets under Jacques Vaughn's skin, if I could guess. And this is really, I mean, it's not based on any real evidence at all. Truly, you know, just just crazy reporting here. But um, well, yeah. Also, Jacques Vaughn literally said when Ben Simmons was playing, he essentially was like, "It's really tough to have yeah. Ben Simmons on the floor." <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. Because he did have a press if you don't conference have about big. Don't expect to see much Ben Simmons because yeah, he sucks and if, I hate if him. You don't have another big. <laughs> it's pretty hard to protect the rim because that's like Ben Simmons. While he could be a small ball five doesn't protect the rim it's just not he's not equipped to do that yeah and when there is another big on the floor who's like nick claxton and if it's if it's dorian finney smith nick claxton and ben simmons you're you're giving up a lot of like i mean finney smith can have good shooting games he can have bad ones but claxton and simmons together is is rough and it has been rough for the entire time i just I don't know, and I don't. I don't want this. Well, we're gonna have so many pods about like what to do with Ben Simmons. I just <laughs> you know what want I like is that, say, is that you're like what? everyone hated this and didn't want to talk about it, and so now <laughs> we're gonna start the show with it <laughs> because yeah. I feel like I have to explain myself, yeah. and I just want yeah. people to picture it's unfair to do. I don't know why. It's like why can't this is a bad comparison, but like why can't Kanye just make my dark twisted fantasy? Why does he have to make Life of Pablo and also, uh, you know? be anti-semitic you know it's it's like it's kind of like who kanye is at this point ben simmons is who he is at this point but i am picturing my dark twisted fantasy version Mm. of ben simmons ben ball handling athletic attacking ben simmons surrounded by bridges cam johnson dory fitty smith you could have nick claxton out there you could have spencer dinwiddie out there i mean dinwiddie's a pretty good off ball ball handler to compliment of old version of Ben Simmons because Dinwiddie, you know, he was off ball successfully with Luca. Sure. He's not a great shooter. I think part of his bad shooting always leads to when Spencer has to force threes. I mean, he was over seven from three. Mm -hmm. uh, It's bad when he can be more picky and choosy like any NBA player, his percentages and his effectiveness goes up. I mean, I think, I think we all know Spencer sort of thrives in the, um, first PG combo guard off the bench role. I mean, you get a good point. Like, people don't want to hear it. You know, the the masses don't want to hear this. But you're right. If you do get a 2018 version of Ben Simmons, um, <laughs> this team would benefit from it. You're right. Can I tell you? Let's say Ben Simmons plays. Let's say he, he does <laughs> okay, come back this okay. season. First, this season. Yeah, we're with it. Does it raise or lower the Nets' ability to win playoff games? I think it lowers the Nets' ability. Uh, yeah. Be honest. No, I know. No, I mean, hey, this the be honest. I this is it's contingent. Is this manufactured tension? It, let's do it. Well, it is contingent on, as you say correctly, that if he's at the twenty eighteen version of Ben Simmons, that that changes things uh, materially. Um, I don't know. I've lost a little faith that we can get back to that point, Mike. I have. I will be honest and say I've lost a little faith in that. Um, before we go to break, uh, I, I do want to compliment Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah. For a second. No, we did because we came in a little bit hot and that wasn't right. <laughs> because, okay, th- this is, I think this is the, the, the positive, negative, dual, double edged sword situation with this team. Mm-hmm. Who's not falling in love with this team right now? I mean, they're, they, they beat the Nuggets. They beat a fully charged, healthy yeah. Nuggets team. I want no to excuses meet for these Nuggets. The sick right? some bitch who isn't in love with this team right now. I want to meet them. I want to see them. They, competed so hard against Jokic. Jokic had, had 35, <laughs> yeah. 11 assists and 20 rebounds. And yet, like we were talking on the phone 
And it was like they the Nets made him work for all of that triple double. Yeah, I mean um, it's a huge stat line. And if you didn't watch the game, you'd be like, "Oh, okay, standard Jokic like dominant thing." But it actually was kind of they they for their parts with their small undersized players, like they did really good ball denial on him. Like all of that thirty five points came in real ticky tacky hard earned ways. It really could have been a forty five or a yeah, fifty point night. Should, it should have been. if they didn't try so hard. The it, the thing I love about this version of the Nets, I mean, it, it is this is recency bias. Again, they lost to the Knicks 143 to like 110 or whatever yeah. it was. And that game was was not competitive from jump. But there's moments when the defense, the swarming arm, the tarantula level mm-hmm. defense, just swarming arms. They like they collapsed on Jokic on one play where it was like Dorian Finney-Smith, Cam Johnson, and Nick Claxton surrounding Jokic. And Jokic passes it out for three. And Bridges goes from like the top of the key to the corner during that pass. And the Nuggets hit the shot, mm-hmm. corner three, Jokic pass. That's going to happen. But, but Bridges' ability to contest that shot from the top of the key while the rest of the Nets are swarming. I mean, Dorian Finney Smith is mm. it, it, like, I, I know that there is negative there. I, you know, I, and I understand it, but he is, he is so uniquely talented in terms of length physicality athleticism yeah he's the type of guy i've always fallen in love with like just uh i i forgive almost all if you show me effort and length like i'm like that's i'm you are in my hall of fame yeah um this team and we'll get to it when we talk about playoff matchups potentially Mm -hmm. they're gonna be tough bry they are they they have a there's a uniqueness to them and the uniqueness is such a opposite from what we were used to yeah from well, the katie Kyrie, and in era. the uniqueness there's sort of baked into that kind of adaptability like i was watching the the nuggets broadcast version of that game weirdly um as as i like to do i'd like to get inside the heads of the uh the analysts over there and and hear what they're saying the homerism um and they were like whoa the nets are being like obscenely physical with Jokic. like <laughs> this is a problem it's really upsetting and everyone was upset you know they were offended and upset and when Jokic I, was so, I, he was so furious. I can't remember, like even dating back to, you know, six weeks ago or whatever. Like, have we ever been like being aggressive has never been part of a, a data point that you could, uh, an opposing team's broadcast would pick up. It's like, you know, we, that just wasn't a thing. <laughs> no, <laughs> and not a single one of our players no, was aggressive. Was particularly besides, aggressive on that side. Of the I, floor. I'm thinking like Riss O'Neal maybe had two games where he was aggressive. Right. And then. Cam Thomas is aggressive in the sense that he will put up anything. <laughs> well, we tried not, to get Mar- physically. We tried to aggressive. get Markeith Morris for his aggressiveness, and he was like, "Gotcha, fooled you." I, <laughs> I'm here to to chuck threes, boy. Um, so yeah, three point line to three point line. Yeah. <laughs> so we haven't uh, we haven't had that, and it was great to see. It's just like a, it's a whole new world for us, Mike. It's a whole new team. Um, listen, quick break. Coming back, I do want to talk a little bit more about this uh, team. I want to look at the alternate reality, the multiverse, the everything everywhere all at once mm. of that's a topical reference. It is topical. In every Oscar. Mm-hmm. And, and then, yeah, we'll do playoff matchups. As I said, coming back. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. And we're back. Brian? Yeah. Cam Johnson. Okay. I didn't prep you for this. I don't know how I... So Cam Johnson, there's a report, I think, from the New York Post, (coughs) Brian Lewis over the weekend, that Cam Johnson is staring at a potentially $20 million-plus deal like mm-hmm. that's what he's going to get on the market he's a res- restricted free agent yeah um this offseason um i i don't know how i feel about him yet bridges i'm in love with yeah i want to i want to buy his jersey for all my kids uh cam johnson yeah i'm unsure of how committed i'm going to be to him um what is your view? What has been your scouting report on yeah, Cam? It's interesting because he has kind of flown under the radar in in all of what's been happening. Because um, you're because there hasn't been like a necessarily like Cam Johnson moment, I guess, or like series of moments. Um, but like as I look through his like box scores, so not to not to box score monitor, um, like he's been good and it's been like going well. So like you know, it's easy to be like, yeah, he's been like a cool stabilizing force. Obviously, he's like best buddies with. Mikhail Bridges and, you know, protect the vibe at all costs. Of course, that's, that's our new motto. Um, <laughs> that is the new motto. Yeah. <laughs> protect the vibe. I love it. Um, and so is it, is it worth $20 million to protect the vibe? I don't know. Could be. Um, but yeah, I, I, in terms of like the ceiling sort of stuff of everything, um, I don't, I don't, not a big buyer into uh, a very large ceiling beyond what, what he's <clears throat> shown to this point. Um, and I don't know if that, that kind of salary reflects, hey, there's potential for you to be have a bigger role than the one that you currently have. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, like, I guess in a world in which we're continuing on with, like, you know, some uh, 
agree to the whole the parts and protecting the vibes and like this is a real kind of coalition based team like i'm for it if we're in a position actually and that those types of contracts too are pretty good <laughs> not, not not to get too um mercenary minded but jesus <laughs> that is a particularly some respect for that this is roster a particularly tradable sort of pay grade um so there's that so yeah maybe just I'm, i've talked myself into it i think we do it yeah i mean so the here's a couple of reference points the nets pay joe harris about you know they're paying him 18.6 right now he's gonna be paid 20 million dollars next year uh 19.9 but i'm gonna round up to 20 million for joe harris so one i don't think joe harris is like if you're gonna pay cam johnson i think you flip joe harris for what you can get i think there is value in it in for the nets to take <coughs> joe harris's you know, expiring deal and sending him to a another team who maybe has a guy on a longer term contract who they're less thrilled by, but is for less money per year, and the Nets scoop up, you know, that longer term guy and they trade out Joe Harris. So if if I'm quibbling over, let's say, I mean, I think Cam Johnson is like a maybe a twenty five million dollar per game per not per game per season guy, mm-hmm. um, just because. He is 6'8". He is entering. He's 27 years old right now. He just turned 27 recently. So it's like this is the la- This is like the arc mm-hmm. of his career to ascend to that final level. You know, and and I'm misrepresenting. I guess how he's been so far. He's had good games. It's just that like his best game as a net came in that Knicks game. He scored 33 points and was ultra efficient. Seven for 11 from three. But it came in a game when yeah. no one, I did not know, like everyone checked out. He had 27 points against the Hawks in a loss, the 129, 127, another game that the Nets probably should have won, win and they didn't. He has scored in double figures in every game as a net except for one, which was the Rockets game where he only played 24 minutes. Mm-hmm. So he is putting up numbs. Yeah. He is, he, he's, he's had really good games, but they've gone, come in games maybe when it didn't matter as much. Um, I think in general, I don't think this is controversial. He is a higher ceiling than Joe Harris has ever had. Joe, oh, I mean, currently, just, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cause like Joe, while Joe is like at one point was like a top three shooter in the NBA. Yeah. Um, like he, he was still limited by the fact that he is a little bit shorter than Cam Johnson and Cam's like extra bit of length is making a difference defensively is making a difference in terms of flexibility and lineups. Um, I just wonder if this team like Cam Johnson and what the Nets do with him is going to be really indicative of what Joe Sy and Sean Marks want to do with this team going forward, Mm -hmm. because, you know, they could very easily sign and trade him to someone else, pick up more draft picks and just be like, the price just got too high. I would hope and guess that they're going to, match any offer that comes his way. And they may be even proactive to say, we're going to give you that. We're going to offer you three years at $23 million a a year, you know, and just like kind of put it out there so that it doesn't become another team offer a max contract. And I will say that Brian, yeah, please there there's this, I saw Brian Lewis tweet that I'm not even shading Brian Lewis. I'm not burying him Mm -hmm. for an incorrect take, but there's this belief that NBA GMs want to go after Sean Marks and his restricted free agents for how Sean Marks, when the Nets were rebuilding, lavished 
restricted free agents with max mm. contract offers and all this stuff. Yeah. Think of Tyler Johnson with Miami, Alan Crabb in Portland. Huge, huge get. And Otto Porter mm. with the Wizards. Yeah. Right. And there may have been one more. Man, we wanted Otto Porter or something bad in those years. <laughs> it was the Otto Porter or KCP convos. Yeah. That was the, the pod. That, and like, you know, we like Aaron Gordon. Uh, like Aaron Gordon was so lustily wanted by the Nets fan base mm-hmm. at one point. And he's like a fine player. He's fine. Um, there's this belief that like NBA GMs, this is the time for their, their to pay back yeah. Sean Marks, you know, cause they're going to, they're going to throw money at Cam Johnson. Okay. Well just look at each of those cases. Ernie Grunfeld was running the wizards. Sure. Tommy Shepard, the current GM was second in command, but Ernie Grunfeld's gone. Mm-hmm. The guy who was running Portland, I even forget his name. He's gone. Okay, so the Alan Crabness of it all that's gone, and really the Nets kind of bailed out. Unfortunately, the Portland Trailblazers by trading for Alan Crab mm-hmm. in Miami. It's Pat Riley, and ultimately, like I don't even think the Heat can even get to a place where they could offer Cam Johnson that money unless if they ship off Duncan Robinson for nothing. Right. So it's like. I, th- while the NBA GMs may be a little extra motivated, like those group, half of them are, most of them are gone. Yeah. And it's all Pat Riley. Now, Pat Riley, he's, he's, he knows how to hold a grudge. He does know how to hold a grudge. He does. But I don't know if he even has the ability to screw with the nets to that level. There's a correlation between grudge holding and hair gel. Don't you think like the more (laughs) hair gel, (laughs) the longer the grudge. I think it's just a a good example of, Act, a lot of hair gel, but no grudge. Is there anyone in the history of? I can't think of him. <laughs> of time. I mean, I don't know. Kenny, Kenny Atkinson. I'm sure. I just. I. I think he holds. I don't know grudges. if that was gel. I think it was just sweat Spit. that calcified. <laughs> Spit. It just like it just like formed on his head and just stuck in place. Uh, I'm I don't sure think that's half a bottle of LA looks right there. Each game. because like Steve Nash, no gel. Maybe no gel. a little moose. No, no, he job. doesn't. He has no grudges. You can tell he's he's back to longboarding, <laughs> Venice Beach. <laughs> yeah, he transitioned pretty easily yeah. out of out of coaching. That's it. Um, to, all the, again, all this to say, Cam Johnson's the one thing that the Nets are going to have to look for. The other one is like, there's a bunch of offseason questions, so I don't I don't really want to go down them. But the, he's like the one hanging chad of this all. Yeah. Um, before we get to playoff matchups, can I just say one thing, please? Kevin Durant, Kyrie. Okay, I can't quit them. Um, I know. Still, I mean, it's it's still early. We have to give ourselves time and space to process. This is the part of the breakup when you're looking at your ex's Instagram page and you're like, they like they don't like you're trying to pick them apart, mm. right? And they may seem, oh look, they're they're I don't know, they're getting coffee by the West Side Highway, uh, <laughs> but. You're like disgusting, disgusting coffee, yeah. idiot, yeah. freak. Yeah, you got it at like Blue Bottle when we know Blue Bottles <laughs> yeah. is on my Nestle now. Yeah, it's not even that cool. Um, hashtag not that cool. Um, the KD's hurt. Mm. He got hurt, and I'm not. I don't, I don't cherish got, that. He got hurt warming up, Mike. Warming up, and I don't cherish it. Okay, but he got hurt warming up. Don't be up. spiteful, Mike. Don't be spiteful. No, no, no. Kyrie, though. Did you, by the way, see the Skip Bayless thing where? Do you go no. <laughs> watch this? Oh, wait, wait, the thing where he has to get married? No, after, no, that, after that Rick Katie Beater, sprained his ankle, Katie, uh, Skip Bayless did like a five minute, like you would have thought Katie got hit by a bus. Like he was like, this, <laughs> this is like, he's like, this is a tragedy for the NBA. Like this is insane. <laughs> <laughs> they just sit, they're like having it. Yeah. Anyways, you should all send it. You should watch it. 
Um, you've been uh, to go to the Kyrie side of it. You've been people don't know that Brian's our um, he's our mole. He he Get goes de- down deep into the depths of other teams' fan bases, into their Reddit and into their comments thread, and analyzes you know when we make a trade mm-hmm. what they think of that guy or post trade what the new fan base thinks of the new guy. How do you think the Mavs fans are feeling about Kyrie, who the team is? five and seven since Kyrie has come over the Nets have a better record over that span of time mm-hmm. than uh it, it the is Mavericks feel have it is an, an amazing thing to just see what period and in, in time they are and because it's like you know time is a flat circle memes all that stuff um it's amazing to see them have the same exact conversations that that we had at that particular time um because okay so we're not winning games um people start to make sense of that uh in in basketball ways and one guy is i was looking at this one exchange heavily downvoted uh where it's like hey maybe it was a bad idea to like trade we already have like we're we were bad on defense and then we traded our best defensive player um for another offensive player who maybe isn't giving us back what we want it's obviously not working out in the win-loss total um immediately gets completely brigaded by people who were like um a, you suck. B, Kyrie's a way better defender than I expected. Um, you know, and that's, that's, we echo similar thoughts. We'll be like, hey, man to man, Kyrie's kind of a dynamic defender. Like, he, sure, he takes a lot of risks and uh, doesn't always pay off, but he's not bad when he's locked in. I, it was just like, it was exactly the same talking points. And it's true. You know, nobody's wrong in that exchange, but just like, it doesn't, it hasn't materialized in, it, well, it may for the Mavs yet. I don't know, but it never did for us. And it's just very interesting to see that parallel. There's a, do you ever see a show love death and robots on Netflix? I've, I've this, seen, I know what it is, but I haven't watched it. Yeah. There's one of the, it's an anthology th- series. Most of it's animated and there's one, I think it's Topher Grace and mm. it's him and his girlfriend. They're living in an apartment and there's a freezer that was left they open the freezer and there's a tiny civilization inside the freezer. Right. And within a day, it it goes from prehistoric times to like nuclear holocaust. They, they stole that into from the future. A Simpsons episode, by the way. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> yeah. And and it, it's <laughs> like the Nets fan base is like Topher Grace. Mm. And we're watching the evolution of the Kyrie experience for the Mavericks. We're yeah. seeing them. And they're rapidly go. They, they it is so quick that they are going from elation with the trade. Wow, look at the offense, Kyrie without Luca. Wow, look at the offense, Kyrie and Luca. They're going to be unstoppable. To oh, his defense isn't that bad. To this defense is a disaster. This team is a disaster. Mm-hmm. No one's healthy. Kyrie has a whole Twitch session where he's talking about how people say that I'm the cancer and how these, he literally called reporters, the old bitter reporters. They only see me three hours in a day mm. and they judge me for who I am throughout the rest of the 21 hours. Yeah. And it's like, I was like, ah, I, mm. I miss that Kyrie. Yeah. I miss him so much. And it's also, it's, you know, it's a weird okay. time to have that stream too, because kind of an, again, classic unforced error in just kind of talking about reporters. Oh. Cause now, Mavs reporters are like, wait, because we, he's very, he doesn't like, he signs blame to like 360 degrees and doesn't, he's not very um, specific with any of those types of com- complaints. And so <laughs> Mavs reporters are surely thinking like, is that me? I don't know. <laughs> Did I do something wrong? Oh God. He's talking about Alex Schiffer. If we're going to be honest. Yeah, we all old, know old. Why is uh, for his years? Yeah. Um, and so I, I have enjoyed 
And of course this matters. It like, you know, we don't want to see Kevin Durant get hurt, but the Nets have the the Suns first round pick and the Suns are currently sitting at fourth in the West. And, you know, there's a potential. I mean, there are three games, three and a half games up on the Timberwolves. Timberwolves are the seventh seed. Mm-hmm. Now, it would be pretty drastic if the Suns dropped all the way to the play-in tournament. But it is not impossible to think that they could fall to the sixth seed or whatever and then face the Grizzlies in the first round. But who knows what the Grizzlies are going to be. Anyway, so more importantly for the Mavericks, the Mavericks are are just a 500 team right now. And they have they have the potential. They are a game up on the Lakers. The Lakers are the 11th seed. And they're a game up on the Pelicans, who are the 11th seed. There is potential for the Mavericks not to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The Nets do not have their first-round pick. What the Nets do have is their 2029 pick. And everyone knows that if if this team explodes and implodes, Luka may be out of there. And that 2029 pick immediately becomes one of the most valuable future draft picks any team could have. Mm-hmm. So things to monitor. Yes. Um, Brian, should we do just like light playoff thoughts? Just to I'm into it. I mean, heck, I'm I'm a believer now, Mike. You've got me believing. Here's where the Nets are. Okay, they have they are the fifth seed right now, tied with the Knicks. They have they they have a slight advantage over the Knicks because the Nets are 39 and 29. The Knicks are 40 and 30. So from a win percentage, they are the Nets are slightly better by 0.003 percent, or is that not percent? But whatever percent by yeah. three thousand. Yeah, and and so they are the fifth. The Knicks are the the sixth. They have a they're securely what is it three and a half games over the heat the heat of the seventh seed the the nets are also three games behind the cavaliers who are the fourth seed mm-hmm. so the nets are going to probably settle in somewhere between fifth and sixth right um here's who the potential matchups could be cleveland cavaliers are fifth the nets are or, or the Cleveland cavaliers are fourth the nets are fifth so that is the projected matchup right now if the nets slip down to sixth they could either play the 76ers who are the three seed or the Boston Celtics, who have been a little shaky, and the and the 76ers are on a win streak. The Celtics are the two seed. Now I ask you, Brian, mm. and it could be the Milwaukee Bucks, but the Milwaukee Bucks are a game and a half at, on top of the top seed, and yeah. it'd be hard to envision them slipping all the way down to the three seed. Um, between the Celtics, 76ers, and Cavs, I'm not asking for deep now deep analytics here. Give me your ranking. Mm. Give me your ranking of those teams. I mean, I do. I have PTSD from the Celtics series last year. Um, Interesting. I have PTSD from just watching Joel Embiid ever, um, which gives yes. me it really is traumatic for me. I I I've grown to hate the uh, the Seventy Sixers just the, that style. James Harden, like I I was permissive of it on on our team obviously because I'm a homer, um, yep. and more permissive of it on the Rockets because he was the only person that was just constantly trolling for fouls the entire game but the combination of him and Joel Embiid is insufferable it is so painful to watch that team um so for optics reasons and superficial reasons like that maybe avoid them I haven't watched a ton of Cavaliers games um but just knowing what I know about Celtics and 76ers I'm almost opting for whatever that looks like <laughs> over those two things um I I know the, the Celtics have been waffling lately but there's just such a big body of evidence to suggest that they can tune it up when they need to pretty quickly. Uh, so I think the Cavs are definitively the team you most want to see. 
That's what I'm right? saying. Yeah. Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah yeah. 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 That's what you're saying. Yeah. And I agree with that. I think, I mean, it's pretty clear that they are. I don't, I don't want to even be a hot take. Like I'm the surprise. I'm the zig while everyone else is zagging. They, they are still ultimately the most inexperienced of those three teams. They, you know, they have weaknesses, bigger weaknesses than the other ones. Of course, they're very good. They're, you know, they have a, a tremendous backcourt. Um, but because most of their scoring is going to come from the backcourt, the Nets are uniquely suited to muck things up for mm-hmm. perimeter players. Um, and there's really like Jared Allen can dunk, right? Evan Mobley's good. Yeah. Um, th- there's plenty of good to like about them. They're easily number one. You know, I may regret this statement, but I would rather see the Celtics than the 76ers because with the current roster the Nets have, <clears throat> with the wings and the length, mm-hmm. the Celtics' bulk of their scoring, true, Jalen and Jason, and if there's any team in the NBA now suited to stop wing scoring, it is the Nets. Yep. Now, it would be a tough matchup. It would be terrible. No, I mean, and you're right. We we did win against the Celtics and have not won against the 76ers with this current iteration of the team. So there is even, you know, for whatever it's worth, that little 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 data. And think about this. If this scenario happens, so let's say the Nets fall to the sixth seed, but the Celtics fall to the three seed, that means that they have been continuing not to be at their optimal Mm -hmm. level. I remember here Bill Simmons had, after the, the Celtics, I think they lost to the Knicks recently too, the Knicks have had a better record than the Celtics since like December. Mm-hmm. Since the end, of, I think it's the starter end of December. <laughs> the Celtics haven't been as dominant as as they are in our minds, right? Because right? they were so dominant to start the year. And there's the whole Joe Mazzola piece of this. Like Doc Rivers is not the perfect coach, but he's the most experienced coach. Joe Mazzola was unheard of as mm-hmm. of a year ago, yeah. and now is leading a team that may win the NBA championship. There is an element of now. I don't know how much I can say. Like Jacques Vaughn's a, you know, the advantage. I love Jacques, but I'm just I don't wow, I can't shade. state huge, that huge now. Shade. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like you kind of go into the series and you're like, okay, the Nets can definitely defend the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Can the Nets score? I don't know, but they definitely can defend the Celtics. And the coaching situation is definitely not an advantage for the Celtics. Mm. If anything, it's an advantage for the Nets. So, you like Joe Mazzulla doesn't know how to call a timeout. It's the thing, like Steve Nash mm. and Joe Mazzulla. No time if you're you just have to learn how to call a timeout. Yeah, that's one of the things you have to learn. Uh, and the thing that scares me about the 76ers is what you know, kind of what we saw in the Nuggets game, where it's like, God, like Jokic just he was so good, and Embiid is as good as Jokic. And the 76ers have the hardened piece of it. The only thing about them is that they play so slowly. They don't like transition basketball mm-hmm. and they slow everything down. That does play a little bit into the Nets hands because the Nets, uh, you know, do like to push it in transition. The Nets do like to defend in the half court. The Nets are very effective with this new roster in defending in the half court. That it's like the 76ers, it's going to be hard for them to get buckets unless if Embiid is like just a mm-hmm. just MVP dude. So you've talked me into it, Mike. I, I, I think your reasoning do, is do good. Do you agree with me? Yeah, I kind of do. I mean, yeah. I mean, just in the wing defense versus wing offense qualifier alone, I think that that's a yeah. 
I mean, and again, just watching the 76ers, just have like just having Joel Embiid do that uh, yeah. just out of the post game in, game out. is just it's toxic and I don't like it and I don't want it. Let me ask you this path just real quick. Current path. Just looking at them. Let's get into the NBA finals. <laughs> Would you rather play the Cavs and Bucks or the Celtics and 76ers? You know what I mean? Like in the. Yeah, I do want to beat I, the Cavs. I want to dodge the Bucks. I will say if, if I can. I, I think, oh, okay, so I think the Bucks. You are, would rather the path of the Celtics and 76ers? It, oh, if I have or, to choose the combo. Mm, you, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, first round would be the Cavs or the 76ers. Then the next round, if you played mm. the 76ers and you beat them, I mean, here's, here's what you're asking. Do you want to. Because, like, I think, like, of the two. You would play the Bucks in the second round or the third, basically. I mean, I, is there any way we can avoid both the 76ers and the Bucks? I mean, if we can get a Cavs to Celtics run. It's impossible. You know, it is that. I mean, that is possible because the Celtics, I mean, they're a game and a half back from the Bucks. It's not impossible that that's good. That's going to happen over the next. I mean, what is there like, you know, 15 games left in the season or whatever it is. We're going to be talking about the playoffs here soon. Like, I mean, we're on on a little bit of a winning streak here. I mean, not really, but we're picking and choosing five and one (laughs) winning streak. That gentleman's winning streak. Yeah. When we talk about this and like I'm getting excited thinking about the possibility of Cavs and then the Celtics, like we're being very reasonable. Like ultimately the odds are going to be that the Nets don't make it out of the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And but if you're trying to lay out the best scenario and NBA playoffs are so much about matchups, like there's been teams that we think are juggernauts to get upset in the playoffs because of a bad matchup. The Nets are a bad matchup team for certain teams. If you rely on perimeter wing scoring the nets have the ability to stop you now again can the nets put up the offense yeah good thing is that i think they're going to be a high variance team in terms of three-point shooting because i mean they can like bridges is a good three-point shooter cam's a good three-point shooter doing Finney smith he could have a couple of games where he goes five for seven like he did against the nuggets seth curry joe harris like there are spencer if he hits threes yeah you know and to that point like I don't know how much you can actually do this or like say that this is something that you put on, on the, um, on the matchup sheet as you're doing analysis, but like on, on the outskirts of this, and we've talked about this before, it's like the injury report dynamic of the thing is very much in our favor for pretty much any of these matchups, not just because, um, our roster is so like sort of weirdly immune to injury at the moment. Just like that's part of like Mikhail Bridges. Now, I don't want to jinx anything. I, and I'm like, I'm going to put this in a whisper. I should Listen, whisper if, this in a if, bottle if, and bury it. But that's, but that's, if Bridges gets hurt, a guy who, who, who played uh, 360 games in a row, this Nets God, training staff God may, may need a little peek at. God doesn't like it. it. <laughs> like no, that's the Nets yeah. training staff may need a little peek under the hood. Yeah. I'll just enough, say that. Fair enough. Um, but and then also combine that with the fact that like our depth is just so uh, we scale horizontally, as they say in the biz, Mike. We we just don't have like um, such inflection points. Like you know our roles overlap very neatly. Um, there's not like hey if we're out Kyrie or KD or any of the you know many or of the third stars that have joined us, um, <clears throat> it's just not a real game and, and we may as well not play it. Um, that dynamic is out the door. Kicked to the curb, Mike. Done with it. Let's get out of here. I mean, I'm, dude, I'm fired up. Yeah. I'm, I'm honestly fired up now. Yeah, we did it. We you did know, our 45 minutes. Get us out of here. I'm not, I'm not even pretending. I'm not pretending it's going to be a championship run. I'm just saying I think the Nets, from what they were two weeks ago, left for dead. People are calling for everyone to get fired and Joe Side is on the team. I, I do think there's that rough sketch of a spoiler potential. And if this team does win in the first round, 
it would be better than what they did last year with KD and Kyrie. Say it with your chest, I think that's important. Um, Check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuys.com. Time to get behind that paywall. TheAthletic.com. The time is now. Um, And thank you all for listening. We'll be back as soon as we can. Bye. Bye.